It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is April 19th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. Hopefully, you had a great uh, weekend if you celebrate Easter. Uh, hopefully, you had a great Patriots Day if you're here in Massachusetts. Maybe you went to the marathon. Maybe you went to the Sox game. Maybe you just chilled. You can't just be chilling. Um, but on this episode, uh, Scott McLaughlin of WEI and I discussed uh, the goaltending. We went deep on the goaltending. Uh, what it means, Swayman's little resurgence he's having here, uh, Olmark's injury, where it places them for the playoffs. We actually explored a pretty interesting scenario that the Bruins might actually be doing come the playoffs uh, when it comes to uh, what's going on in net, just given off of uh, these guys haven't played a lot of games in a row before. So uh, we get into that in this episode. We also get into uh, should people be concerned about their inconsistent play of late? Uh, and then finally, we end with some potential playoff scenarios, potential playoff matchups, how we like their chances against Florida, Carolina, and the Rangers. So interesting stuff. Remember, all of our episodes are brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. Use that promo code CLNS50 to get 50% cash back on your first deposit. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Scott McLaughlin. <laughs> And we're here with Scott McLaughlin. Scott, what is up? Not much, Evan. How you doing? Doing great. We're recording this on a Patriots Day on Marathon Monday. Did you do anything cool for Marathon Monday? Uh, nope. I sat at home and watched people <laughs> run from my couch. So. That's the way. It's like that is the move, right? Like that's a you know, you sit on the couch, have you know some coffee, have a some breakfast, yeah. watch Wa- WBZ or something, watch them cover it. You know. Yep. Watch the Red Sox too, or or watch the marathon, throw Red Sox on WEI, like. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, that's perfect. Don't That's that's the dream. I feel like I've I've like gone into the city for for enough of these over the years like, you know, in college it was a, the more of the party scene and then I've <laughs> I've covered marathons and marathon Monday Red Sox games for EI, but yeah, had it had the day sort of off today or more just uh doing stuff from home today, so yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was um, my uncle actually is running in the marathon. So we went down. We're in Framingham. So I just went right down to uh, where he's running past it was cool. And it's cool to see. Yeah. It's great to see it like back and you forget like how cool the atmosphere is. It was, it's a beautiful day. So, yeah, um, 
Terrific times. I've never been to a Patriots Day Red Sox game, though. Never been to one of those. Um, always looks so fun. Uh, but I think right now they're losing, like for as we record this. So um, I don't think I'm miss. I don't think we're missing much uh, from that big, perspective. Big big comeback. Predicting the comeback starts while we're recording. Yes, yes. We all McConnor and I always say we hope a trade breaks while we record, so we can like you know come on live with it. But maybe it'll be you know a comeback yeah. with a Red Sox game. That's just what we're looking for. Um, we turn into a Red Sox podcast. But anyways, there's Bruins things to talk about. Um, and one interesting thing with this team down the stretch, because it is coming down to the playoffs, uh, even though it feels like the playoffs should be here. Watching the Celtics on uh, Sunday, I kept thinking it should be Bruins playoff time too. It is not. It will, it will start May 2nd. Um, but the Bruins played against the Penguins in a matinee on Saturday. I think the main takeaway from that game was Jeremy Swayman's play in net looked a lot better, looked more calm and calm, cool and collected, so to speak. Uh, you also look at how he played the third period against Ottawa uh, in the game before that on Thursday. And it feels like this goaltending conundrum just kind of keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Is one good game a sign that Jeremy Swayman is coming back to where he was in February? It certainly helps. Uh, you know, it was his first win in two weeks. It was the first time he had allowed one goal or fewer since February 28th. Ooh. So that like that was just a long stretch of, you know, a combination of his play dipping and just not seeing results even when he, you know, had a better game. Uh, so it, it was big for both of those to happen, for him to play well, and you get the result, you get the win, you only give up one goal. Like now, you know, he can at least start to feel like, oh yeah, like this is how this feels. This is, you know, I can do this. It's like, I didn't, I didn't totally lose it. Um, so, you know, so that was needed. And with all Mark out, you need Swim to step up. Now uh, news just broke uh, a little bit before we started recording that all Mark is one of the, four Bruins who won't be traveling on this two game road trip this week. So presumably that'll be two more starts for Swayman. You know, I don't think unless they need to turn to Troy Groznick, I don't expect them to give him a game. It's all about getting Swayman, uh, you know, as many games as possible to get back on track and hopefully go into the playoffs, you know, on a positive with some momentum. But now you worry about, uh, you know, is Allmark going to have time to get it back? This will now be, you know, even if he returns this weekend, they have a game Saturday and Sunday, you, you know, almost a week and a half since his last game. What happens to his momentum? Uh, you know, can he get that right back? Or is now he going to dip down the stretch and, you know, and that whole thing swings back and forth again. So important stretch for Swayman here and Allmark, you know, he's, if he returns this weekend, he's probably only getting two or three starts in those last five games. So you hope he kind of, you know, is able to pick back up where he left off. Yeah. That shot between the, uh, you know, into his temples came at a horror. I mean, it's never going to come at a good time, but that came at a really bad time in the sense that he was rolling. Like he was for, he changed the narrative enough that we were kind of sitting around here saying he might be the starter for game one. And it didn't look like that for a long time. It looked like Swayman had taken the job and taken kind of the bull by the horns. Um, and that kind of completely changed. And this might give, you know, Omar going down, gives Swayman the chance to sort of regain um, that sort of confidence and 
kind of regain his play because as we say, like, you know, with him coming out of the college season, uh, you know, uh, two years ago and last season was COVID shortened. And it was also, you know, he only was, I think it was like 11 starts for him last year. So he has yet to have a full NHL season under his belt. And that's different for a goalie, right? Like that's not just something you, you transition right into, you go through ups and downs, whereas at Maine, you know, as we both know with college hockey, you're playing, you know, twice a weekend and, you know, for a few, you know, a few months, but it's not, it's nowhere near the rigor of, uh, of an NHL season. So it all boils down to this, Scott, as you know, and as we know, it all comes down to who starts in game one. And, you know, obviously that can change, but if you were to make that call right now of who would start game one with both goalies healthy, let's say both goalies are healthy for the playoffs that starts today, who do you pick and why? Well, prior to Almark going, going down, I would have said Almark. I think he had moved ahead of Swayman. Uh, he, you know, he was in the middle of his best stretch of the season. Swayman was in the midst of his worst. So, you know, it's hard. I'm going to, in for just this scenario, I'm going to assume that Almark is able to kind of pick up where he left off and doesn't miss time beyond this one week. So I'll say Almark still has the edge right now but if Swayman goes out and has two more really good starts this week then it's probably swung back you know if, if he finishes strong because I still think Jeremy Swayman has the higher ceiling and not not just long term but like within games and within a series I, I just think when he's going well versus Allmark going well Swayman has a better chance to you know, whether it's steal you a game or just make that that one save that's kind of above and beyond that he really shouldn't make. Um, you know, Swayman has generally been better on those high danger chances or breakaways or two on ones, you know, whatever. I just think he's he's been more likely than Allmark to to come up with that kind of huge save. Um now Allmark has made a few of those during this stretch. Like it's not it's not like he can't. I just think Swayman has the higher ceiling. It's like an election. Yeah, you know, it's like coming down to the to the general we got on uh, May second, and it's like just back and forth. Um, I agree with you. I think Omar starts, but I expect Swayman to come back in. Like I think that's one of the things is with this playoff run, whoever starts game one, I don't expect to start every game, and that's a yeah. thought we have not had in Boston regarding the goaltending ever at least in like the past 20, you know, 15, 16 years, it feels like this could be a platoon where you somehow figure out what, and they've wanted to do this for a while. They've always kind of kicked around the idea, you know, Hey, do we throw Halak in for a game? Do we throw Hudobin in for a game. You can do that now. You don't, you know, you don't have Tuka Rask there. You have Omar and Swayman. You have Omar who's, you know, I guess more of a veteran, but has never really had any playoff experience. And you have Swayman, who's the rookie, who's young, who's uh, in his first full season. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him in the playoffs. And I, I think we're all interested to see what you're going to get out of him in the playoffs. Like, I think he has, he kind of has that DNA where I could totally see him going off, like just being lights out uh, for series at a time. But I still think, I still see both somehow playing in this playoffs. And I want to see both. That's the other thing. Like, I, I obviously you want a guy to, to be able to ride and, and take you to the cup. But I'm, int- I'm so intrigued by both of these guys in the playoffs. And I don't know how you can do it without killing one guy's confidence and boost and, and like severely boosting another. Do you see a way in which they can platoon the net in the playoffs? 
Yes, it, it's probably never going to be a super comfortable situation, but I think the way you explain it to both guys is that you're treating the playoffs the same way you treat the regular season, which is, you know, we're, we're going to go with who we think gives us the best chance that night, you know, whether that's riding the hot hand or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but they really have not planned out their goalie rotation this season which is very different than the past. And Bruce Cassie has talked about this where with two Rask, they would almost plan out like the entire season or at least several months at a time of like, okay, here's a stretch where you're going to start three and four. Here's a back to back. You want to play the first night or second night. Uh, you know, would you rather start this game on the road or this game on like, they would plan all that out weeks and months in advance with two Rask. And they have not done that at all this year. It's been very much just week to week, almost just game to game at points where, you know, there's been times where it's been a fairly even split, but then you see in February, they start to ride Swayman a little more. And then prior to Allmark's injury, they start to ride him a little more and he picks up a couple extra starts. So I think the way you explain it and the way you approach it is we're basically just going to treat the playoffs the same way. So Whoever is, you know, hot going in gets game one. If they play well, they're probably going to get game two, but they're probably not going to start seven in a row. Uh, There's certainly, you know, to your point, like I don't see any way that say best case scenario, the Bruins make a run to the cup final. And, you know, at that point you're talking about 25 ish playoff games. I cannot imagine one of these guys starting like the entire playoff run. It's just so above and beyond anything either one's ever done. Swayman has not started more than three games in a row as a pro. Allmark, I don't think has started more than three in a row this season. Maybe he had one stretch of four, but I think three was the max. So, you know, even like if you get to someone starting four or five games in a row in a series, you're already doing something different than, than what you've done in the regular season. And, you know, the thing with, with Rask, it was like he had gone on those kind of playoff runs before. So you, you knew you had it. You knew he could do it for the most part, other than take out last year where there's an injury complicating it. And, you know, now it becomes, I think it was fair to question whether Rask should have been starting every game last year. Um, But prior to the, prior to that, he, you know, he went to a second round in 2010. He went, to the cup final in 2013, starting every game, same in 2019. Like he had done it multiple times. So you felt comfortable just riding him and not having to wonder about, you know, should he get a game off here or there? Yeah. Pretty safe bet uh, that Rask was going to play every game and a safe bet that the Bruins might use some different goaltenders. But when we're talking really safe bets, talking about our good friends over at Bet online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that baseball is back, and the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game stats. Okay, it's interesting. As you were talking about 
using both goalies. Now, Swayman has yet to play more than three games in a row as a pro and Olmark this season. You know, that's not a, it, switching goalies is not a common thing in the playoffs in the sense like, you know, the Islanders last year in the series went from um, Shesterkin, or not Shesterkin, Sorokin to Varlamov because uh, Sorokin was not great, right? Like goalies will get switched out because they're not playing well, but they don't just get switched out because they need a night off or anything like that. I feel like with the tandem the Bruins have, you could see them kind of becoming a trendsetter if they can get this right. If they get it right where it's like, we're going to start swimming for two games, throw Olmark in, see how he does for game three. We'll figure out game four, but we're just going to kind of go back and forth based on how they're doing and rest and all those things. It could become a situation which the, the rest of the league sees this. Let's say the Bruins go two, three rounds, which is more than, again, if they're a wild card team, which we'll get to in a bit, that's more than they're expected to do. Right. If you're going to take down, if they're going to be good enough to take on the Panthers and these bigger teams, teams might look at this and say, hey, we got to adopt this. We got to adopt this style because already you see this during the regular season where no longer do we see goalies playing, you know, 65, 70 games, things like that don't happen anymore. It was kind of a quick trend that every team adopted. Teams could look at this and say, huh. They have something over there with this, that you don't have to start the same goalie every game. It's not interrupting guys, you know, being hot and carrying teams. You can throw in if the, if the second guy is actually good, right? If it's, you know, someone who is just a career backup, you know, and then I guess you can't do it. But it might become kind of a trend that you see that other teams pick up, kind of like the way they switch off in the regular season. So I'm interested to see if that uh, makes a big difference, if this works. Again, if it doesn't work, if they, if it sucks and blows up, then it's not becoming a trend anywhere. So we right. will see it, with that. And it's worth noting that, you know, the one example I can think of, of a team that tried something at least a little similar to this was the Vegas Golden Knights a couple of years ago, where Ooh. they had like <laughs> a planned off day for Mark Andre Fleury, where they turned to Robin <laughs> Leonard and, uh, and got criticized for it because Fleury had been rolling and Leonard stepped in and struggled. And I think that was like six or seven games into the playoffs. So was that know, game he, one against the avalanche too? I think so. Yeah. He the, got killed. Yeah. That sounds right. And yeah. And they got, they got ripped for that because it was like, why aren't you just riding flurry? You know, flurry's been a goalie for long playoff runs before. Um, so you, you do have to be careful. And there is, it certainly opens the door to, you know, criticism if you're Bruce Cassidy and, you know, you get this wrong or it seems like you're always picking the guy who has an off night or something like it, it you know, it, it's more uncomfortable for Cassidy and for goalie coach Bob Asenza. Like, I, I don't it's it's a lot easier when you can just say, all right, Tuga's the guy we're starting him unless something goes horribly wrong. Um, you know, trying to get trying to get it right with two goalies that you're rotating or bouncing back and forth or trying to weigh, you know, when one is starting to run out of steam and needs an off day, like it's, it's more work. And I'm sure they're not thrilled that they have to do that instead of just, you know, set it and forget it with one guy. But um, if it's what gives them the best chance to win this year, then that's what they're going to have to do. It's probably the number one storyline uh, heading into the playoffs, at least for the Bruins. I think number two, though, uh, is this inconsistent play. Because, again, they're coming off a win against Pittsburgh. So it's hard to sit here and, and criticize that. Uh, but Cassie's talked for the past you know week or so about the lack of execution. 
with this group. And they had that loss to uh, St. Louis. They'd lost to Ottawa. Uh, you see some of the dumb penalties popping up. And I know it's the end of the regular season and it's the slow slog to end. Everyone just wants this over with. They want to get to the playoffs. The writers do. The team does. Like everyone wants this part, the next part of the regular season done with. But is it concerning that this inconsistent play is popping up now after such a strong few months of play for the Bruins? A little bit. I mean, look, the, the injuries definitely, you know, make it, I don't know about easier to swallow, but they excuse some of it for sure. Like when you're talking about the power play struggling, it's like, well, you don't have David Postnock, who's one of the most dangerous power play weapons in the NHL. Like go pick any team, take out their best power play weapon and see how it looks like. <laughs> Great. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's not going to be as good. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think what Cassidy, what's upsetting Cassidy is like, seeing things, seeing guys games slip or, you know, a line slip, like obviously he benched Trent, Trent Frederick and made sure to point out that it, it wasn't just Frederick. It was that whole line that had started to slip a little. And that was, you know, that's a third line that had been a revelation for the Bruins that was looking like a clear strength as you headed towards the playoffs. As we know, you know, series are, are fairly frequently won and lost, but by, based on your depth forwards, you know, a lot of times you'll see top lines kind of cancel each other out and negate each other. And, you know, whoever has the better depth is a team that ends up advancing. And the Bruins looked like a team that had a really good third line. So when Cassie see that sees that slip and it's not because of injury, that line, you know, Frederick missed one game because of injury, but that line was still together. So, you know, David Postenock or Hampus Lindholm or whoever else being out of the lineup shouldn't affect that line. So I think when he identifies that, all right, you know, this, we're not quite getting what we were a month ago from these guys. It's time for a wake up call. And that's, you know, where I think some of the frustration for Cassidy comes from. And it's, you know, so on, on Sunday skate this week, Andrew Raycroft made this point and it's spot on is like, it was a really easy time for Cassidy to call guys out, get upset in practice and yell or whatever it was he needed to do because those stretches when guys are hurt are such an easy time for guys to sort of be like, oh, well, like, you know, we're banged up anyways. Let's just get through this and, you know, see in the playoffs. Like, that's an easy time for the coach to step up and be like, uh-uh, no, we're not we're not coasting. Like we're still playing. We have stuff to play for, you know, you can say you care about seating or whatever it is to get guys fired up. And, you know, it's, it's kind of good time to like lay into guys because there has seemed to be a little bit of a malaise that it's sort of settled in. So, um, you know, I don't think it's overly concerning where it's like, Oh, well, that's it. The Bruins are going on the first round. They stink now. (laughs) Like, I'm not doing that. You know, let me see the team when they get healthy again, assuming they do, which, hey, by the way, Parsonak and Lindholm aren't traveling on this road trip and are only going to have five games to go in the regular season when the Bruins get back. And that's assuming that they're back for game one when they get back. Like, um, you are starting to run a little bit short on time to get those guys back into 
ideally you want to at least get them back into a couple games before the playoffs. Yeah. And again, that those two injuries have lingered for quite a bit here longer. I think than maybe we thought yeah. it's getting a little closer to the playoffs. Good point though, by Raycroft. I mean, again, like this is a great time for guys to say, Hey, you know what? You know, I, we can just kind of mail it in for a bit. And obviously uh, Cassidy said, Hey Trent, you like the ninth floor? They got to get some good popcorn up there. You can, right. you can watch a game. And then he comes back and scores immediately. So like he he's, Bruce is always been pretty good about pushing buttons at right times and getting guys in and out of the lineup um, at the right time. But you mentioned the first round because now everyone says, who are the Bruins going to play in the first round? And we see the Celtics drawing a very tough first round matchup in, in the Brooklyn Nets, even though they're a seven seed, they're not really a seven seed. Uh, but the Bruins are going to be more of that seven seed uh, in the playoffs. And granted, again, a lot can change over the next couple of games. But it, right now, the Bruins are... Uh, solidly in a wild card spot which comes down to maybe which wild card spot are they or do they move up to third in the atlantic who knows right now we're going to kind of go off of uh, them being a wild card team because again that's what they are and comes down to you play three teams if you're the if you're the wild card just depends on where you are is it florida which it feels like the bruins are not going to be the second wild card team and that would be who would play the panthers so maybe that's more washington so then you look okay well who's who's the other top team that you know the bruins are going to play carolina <laughs> or the New York Rangers. And again, the Rangers, I think, are any, a much easier opponent than the, than the Hurricanes are, um, just given the Hurricanes are nasty, and they've had your number all season long. And see, I think the Rangers series would be winnable. And I, I mean, by winnable, I mean I might actually pick the Bruins in that series, maybe six, seven games, but I still pick them. Carolina, though, I have a tough time looking at that series and saying, no, things look good. Because even if you're fully healthy, that Carolina series is tough. Now, again, Frederick Anderson recently had to be helped off the ice. Maybe that's a stroke of a blessing for the Bruins. Obviously, you never want to see anybody hurt. I'm just saying for the Bruins' sake. Uh, do you like their chances in any of those series right now? Uh, yeah, maybe more than you based on uh, how you set that up. But Dire. <laughs> yeah, so Carolina to me is... I also get that it's like not really the same team as the one that smoked the Bruins uh, in all three of their meetings. Like, and the Bruins that, aren't the same and the Bruins are not the same team as those yeah, teams Bru that they were. So it has gotten better in that sense. And by the way, yeah, I think they've gone opposite directions. The Bruins have gotten better until this most recent stretch and have been one of the best teams in the second half. The Hurricanes uh, have been under 500 since the trade deadline, four, five and one in their last 10. And you touched on it. Freddie Anderson goes down. I don't know. If there was an update on, on Monday, I haven't seen one yet. Um, Jordan Stahl also got hurt in that game, who is a key part of that team as their third-line center and, you know, really playing like a shutdown role for them. Um, so, you know, I, I actually think the Rangers are probably going to pass them. Just just looking at it, like, momentum-wise, the Rangers have it. Hurricanes don't. Uh, in the Rangers, I think the Bruins are – a better all-around team than the Rangers for sure, but the Rangers have Igor Shesterkin. <laughs> That's the <And> tough part. <laughs> like that can single-handedly swing a series, and that—that's where that series, maybe as much as anything, I would say Tampa is the other one. But you're not Bruins aren't going to be facing Tampa in the first round, so worry about that one later. But the a series against the Rangers, more than any other. I would say you're going to need the Bruins goaltending to step up because oh, yeah. you cannot run into Igor Shesterkin playing at the level he's played at this season. 
and have your goaltending struggle and expect that to even be a long series, never mind one that you win. So if the Bruins goaltending steps up and gets the job done and doesn't give up backbreaking goals against the run of play or something, then yeah, I would like the Bruins chances. Um, you know, to me, the, the key series you really just want to avoid is Florida. Like I just, that team is on such a heater here, you know, 10 game win streak. I think they've only lost and they're doing it all with Aaron Ekblad out. I think they've only lost one game uh-huh. since he got hurt <laughs> and, and he might return at some point during the first round. Like they had a Claude Giroux was averaging a, a point of game since he got there at, you know, I know there's this kind of the people who firmly believe defense wins championships have real questions about the Panthers. And I understand that to an extent. Generally, we've seen this in the past, right? Some of these high flying teams that go up and down the ice and, you know, score a ton of goals in the regular season, run into a good defense or a goalie in the playoffs and they can't play those, you know, closer, lowest scoring games. So like there could be something to that. If I'm the Bruins, I just wouldn't want to be the team to, to find out if, uh, you know, maybe down the line, but like I, that's not a team that I want to see in the first round based on how they're playing right now. Oh, I totally agree. The other thing about Florida, though, that does intrigue me is that they're Florida, right? Like not a ton of playoff experience. I feel like that's a team who you who I could see being upset. But again, even in a seven game series, you look at that offense. And I was looking at the numbers yesterday. And Huberto has like 110 points and 70 something games. And it's just ridiculous. And even though I could see Florida getting upset, I also could see them dominating because that team is so freaking good. And they're so good right now. Um, I agree with you again on Shesterkin. Like, I think that is a ridiculously tough series to win if Swayman and or Olmark are not at the top of their games. I remember the game at MSG. Um, was it February uh, that that uh, Shesterkin was was nuts and they ended up, I think, losing in a shootout, was it? But Swayman, yeah. like Matt, you know, went tit for tat with him. So, again, that's what yeah. you're going to need. Shesterkin cleared concussion proto- protocol in 22 seconds. Yes, <laughs> through a fit. <laughs> he, then the, the guy's like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 again, if you're going to play uh, New York, you absolutely have to have um, top tier goaltending. I do wonder, though, if you can beat them at five on five, because again, that team is not incredible five on five. Uh, and maybe you're a bit better uh, than them at that. So, interesting matchups. None are easy. None of these are like, I, that's why I think no. we've all kind of been saying, like, when it comes to seeding, you know, everyone wants to pick the perfect matchup. There's no perfect matchup like Toronto, you know, is better than maybe past years. Goaltending is weird with them. Defense is still kind of up in the air. I still think you win that series, you know, judging off of history. Like you have to win that series. Twitter would be unbearable if the Maple Leafs won that series. That seven game series would be an easy one to get off of Twitter if the, if the Maple Leafs won. But I still look at that. And I go, there's no good matchup. The East is too good. Uh, for there to be a good matchup. I don't think the Bruins are a great matchup for teams. Like, I don't think teams are hoping that they get the Bruins. Um, no. Yeah. Especially like I years. mentioned, I mentioned the Panthers and, you know, not wanting to find out if like that offense holds up in the playoffs. Well, the Panthers probably look at the Bruins and figure like, all right, well, the Bruins have been one of the best defensive teams all season have great defensive structure for the most part. Like that's probably a team they don't want to face because they would much rather face a team that's, a little sloppy defensively and we'll give them chances like a Washington would. So, yes, you know, like I'm sure they probably look at the Bruins and think 
if they're being honest, like that's one team that might actually be able to counter our, our, our offense. Yeah, no, I totally see it. So we will see playoffs are coming quick, not as quick as we'd like, but they are coming. Uh, Scott, uh, before you go, what would you like to plug? What can the people look forward to? When can they listen? All those things. Uh, they can listen to WI skate podcast. Uh, we record every week, uh, actually recording later on Monday. So there'll be an episode of that on Tuesday and then uh Sunday skate every Sunday morning on WI through the play uh, now through the playoffs, 11 a.m. Me, Matt Kalman and Andrew Raycroft. Dream team right there. That's a uh, talk about it. Right. Talk about the perfection line. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yes, make sure to go do all that for CLNS media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week. <laughs>